Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porry and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, Snowflakes. How are you, Steve? I am well. Do I'm f- ready to celebrate our glorious right. exit from the EU. I've got a, I've got a small, very small bell. Right. <laughs> and I can see and that I'm, you're ringing it. And I'm planning to give it a good clanging <laughs> at, at midnight on the okay. 31st. Okay. Well, well, you'll be an hour late. Which will be oh, no, that's right. It's 11 <laughs> o'clock, is, isn't it? It's frankly typical of you, Steve. It is. That's right. You'll turn up and go, what? Late to our country's own funeral. Yes, yes, <laughs> quite. But we're going to talk been? about the bells. Aren't we, we will. We'll get to the bells because we're going to do the news because we know a lot of you. People come for the news. Come yeah. to this podcast. Come for the news. Stay for the fun. Just for the news, and then stay for the fun. Um, so we will get. We will get to the news very shortly. Then, of course, we will crown a Brexit of the week, won't we, Steve? We will indeed. Yes. And um, we're in our new podcast studio. We're in a temporary podcast studio. Yeah. We're going to see oh, how temporary. we like it. See how we like it. Uh, it is yeah. cold. It's a little bit chillier than usual. Um, but we do get to sit face to face now, which is which nice. which is very nice, isn't it? It is nice. It reminds me of joy. Joy. Yeah. Um, Remember that. Not really, if I'm honest. No. About four years ago, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was London 2012. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a different country then, wasn't it? It really was. And fireworks. It was great, wasn't it? Samo. Uh, Samo. We can talk about fireworks because we can because uh, you've got someone you're going to let them off. Well. I'm allowed to let off fireworks, but Nigel Farage, I've seen, <laughs> not is, is not allowed to let off fireworks at his great um, Brexit night party, no. which he's been given permission to hold in Parliament Square. Yeah. Um, and this obviously leads into to our first topic of discussion, doesn't it? Which is that Brexiteers have been demanding that the um, Big Ben, um, the Great Bell, should um, ring at 11pm um, on January the 31st, to mark um, our exit from the EU. Exactly <laughs> like that. And it, it reminds me, you, your, your kids are, are too old, to, so you won't have come across Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig, yeah. You'll no, be aware I, of the... I've come across Peppa Pig, the... Uh, no, my, my niece is very was very keen on Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig is brilliant. Muddy Puddles, I yes, believe, is a catchphrase yes. from it, Peppa it's, Pig. It's really well done. It's really good kids' show. It's very funny. Daddy Pig is he's, hilarious. Is he a bit, he's a bit of a fool, isn't he? Yeah, but he's brilliant. In a very lovable way. I'm aware of the sort of uh, chewy Peppa Pig sweets that are available oh, from I don't think Marks and Spencer's. No, I, think, I don't think they're the same thing. I, think, I don't think they're connected. 
No, they are. Yeah, there's a. I I'm think there is. Sure the oh no, they're, they're Percy Pig. Yeah. Oh, okay. If Marks and Spencers would like to sponsor the pod, um, but what, wasn't there also Pepper Pig luncheon meat for a little while? Yes, I believe that to be true. So you could, if you were a fan of Pepper Pig, you could eat Pepper Pig, a, a, <laughs> a piece of luncheon meat on which had been stamped Pepper Pig's face. Well, my um, imagine Mark Francois luncheon meat. <laughs> God no. Imagine that. Exactly. If you've got a little Brexit. Commemorative luncheon meat that was marked with the, the faces of Brexiteers. Yeah, I'd rather. I really don't want to imagine that. Okay, well, I'm no, but my daughter, who's very grown up now, yeah, Ruby, um, Ruby, she was a fan of Peppa Pig, and I think I've probably watched every episode, and it is great. It is. There's some terrible kids' TV. That yeah. is not. We shouldn't have named her really, should we? That's what Ruby. Because now she'll say, you said on your podcast I was in front of Peppa Pig, it's so embarrassing. I, I never don't like Peppa Pig. don't want to ruin this for you, but I'm not sure that Ruby and her peers are listening to the are they not? podcast. What are they listening to? Is it Stormzy Billy, again? Billy Eilish. Billy Eilish. Is the big thing, yeah. yeah. And very good. Eyes Without a Face was great, wasn't it, Billy Eilish? <laughs> I thought he was great in Generation yeah, X. He was excellent. He was. Um, uh, and, but, but, but there is a there is a teacher on there, a French teacher called Madame Gazelle. Oh, is she a Gazelle? A, yeah, who has a song called Bingadee Bongadee Bingadee Bongadee Boo. <laughs> and every time people talk, like when Boris was on the TV, they were in Bob for Big Big Bang Oh, of bong. course, yeah. All yeah. I could think of was Madame Gazelle was going to rush in and go Bingadee Bongadee Bingadee Bongadee Boo. Biggity, biggity, bongity, boo. Yeah, so it sounds uh, good. Hats off to Madame Gazelle. Anyway, what's the latest? He did say that. Well, so they said we want the, the, the bongs of Big Ben to ring out. Yeah. The bongs of Big Ben don't ring out at the moment, do they? Because it's been repaired. Well, quite clearly, it's under a lot of scaffold. It's under a lot of scaffold. It's called the Elizabeth Tower anyway, isn't it? Not Big Ben. Big Ben is actually ben the, is bell, the bell, isn't it? Which yes. is the nickname for the Great yes. Bell. There's a lot of great bells and smaller bells connected with Brexit and um, <laughs> and Mark Francois, of course, who we, we discussed are, earlier on, the lunch and meat king. Children, we are yes, uh, like Ruby and <laughs> yes. um, oh, so embarrassing. Now you're on your podcast. Oh, um, people have quite reasonably pointed out that it would cost half a million quid for this to ring out. Yeah. On New Year's Eve, yeah, yeah. Um, it would delay the renovations to Big Ben, which are at by the Elizabeth four weeks, Tower. I think. By well, I think by a minimum of two weeks. Right, right, right. Um, they would have to install a, a temporary floor, which was um, removed recently. It was actually installed so it could ring on New Year's Eve, um, and uh, so they'd have to put that back in. It cost an awful lot of money. It would delay the renovations even more, and it would. Um, uh, and it would annoy half of the country, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I, to be honest, I think it would annoy more than half of the country because I, there are there are pragmatic Brexiteers out there who are going, what? Yeah, no. exactly. No. And listen, I'm I'm not an unreasonable man. Yeah. I'm, if the, if the, well, I am an unreasonable man. Be. That's true. You can be wage but, negotiations. But for if example. the but if the Brexiteers want to do something to to yeah. mark their victory, uh, yeah, yeah, then yeah. let them have a party. Absolutely. I, 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 it's a bit distasteful that they want to have it in Parliament I Square agree. for the reasons that we discussed yeah. last week. But still, they should be allowed to have a party. But what is the what is the the deal with? You know, there's no Big Ben didn't ring out when we went into the no. European no. No. Economic Community Absolutely. or whatever it was called then in 1974. And and, and why why should it ring out now? And and are we going to do this for 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 for, for everything? Um, 
But of course, you know, the, the reaction to the, the fact that it looks likely now that it's not going to ring out has been incredible, hasn't it? I, I mean, it, I despair. The Daily, the state of the this Daily Express. I know. Amazing. It's a nonsense. It's which an said, nonsense. Big Ben must bong. Big Ben must bong for Brexit. Uh, on the front page. We've got children lying on the floor in A&E. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We've got massive waiting times for mental health. We've got infrastructure projects that need starting because there are, you know, in, in uh, lots of major cities aren't being served properly. We've got trains that just don't run. Yes. We've got a judicial system which needs huge reform, in my opinion. Yes, that's right. And the thing that's on the front of a national... And not ju- the Express has been called out for this, quite rightly, but there are other, there are other crimes here. Uh, cr- there are other criminals here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in the media who are banging on about this. They think it's an easy win. Having launched plenty of campaigns, we both launched newspaper campaigns, one of the things that you always talk about is, is it winnable? Yes. Well, they obviously thought, oh, this is very winnable. We can probably get this done. And, we, and the Express or the Sun or the Telegraph or whatever can go, we got Big Ben to bong for Brexit. Yeah. Do you know what? If it was winnable, it would have been on the front page of the Daily Mail. <laughs> yes, because I don't the Daily think, Mail is far cleverer than the rest of the I don't think the Daily Express, Express really thought <laughs> no. that. I don't I, think, I don't think the second though, thought in that process, I think the thought of, will this make a good front page? Yes. Yeah, is maybe. it winnable? Is it a good idea? I don't think B and C were considered in well, this they process. Be. I also think, though, that um, you know, that, that having having worked for a, for a time um, under Jordy Craig at the Evening Standard, he's probably a bit cleverer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, yeah he's yeah, the yeah. editor of the Daily Mail now. He is. Um, what did Nigel Farage say? Do, do you know? Blah. He said, "If Big Ben doesn't ring, we will be viewed around the world as a laughing stock." <laughs> well, I've got news for you. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, I don't think we need the old if there. Uh, and but, the, you, the, but but Boris, of course, went on BBC Breakfast. I love that he's refusing to go on. Did you see Piers Morgan yes. calling? He was actually right. rang Lee yes. Keane and said he did get Boris. Who is your friend? He, he used to be friend. the Daily Mirror chicken. He did, and he is a friend of mine. And now he's one Boris of Boris Johnson's direct, director of communications. He's got so many. Different. We're going to talk about Dominic Cummings in a Here bit. Here we are, right? yes, yes. Um, also, I like... But he was on BBC Reference talking oh, sorry, about yes. and he said, he said, um, he, get, he sort of threw out some hope, didn't he? Because he did. last week, um, Lindsay Hoyle, uh, he, are, we, are we missing uh, Burkow? I we? miss uh, John Burkow, yeah. Um, and uh, Lindsay Hoyle sort of, ref- uh, he, he ignored the amendment, didn't he? And um, so, th- so there wasn't going to be a vote on bonging Big Ben on yes. Brexit Day. I think somebody is banging Big Ben. Big Ben in, is in being the, bombed in the, in the background. That is actually the ladies' toilet to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, um, we're not actually doing this podcast from the ladies' toilets, <laughs> but it does. It does feel that way. So he said. So Boris, when uh, on BBC Breakfast earlier in the week, he said, "Bung a bob for Big Ben Brexit to bong." He did. Um, That's right. Yeah. Which is nice and difficult to say. But he did. So there was some suggestion that there would be some crowdfunding. Yes. But no one really did it. I think everyone thought everyone else would do it. Well, but in the, the end, Stand Up for Brexit did it. Well, they are claim they are claiming to have raised sixty thousand pounds so far. Oh, really? That they? much? It was forty eight thousand when I looked. Uh, when so, I donated. <laughs> so uh, when you donated, Mark Francois has put in a grand, doesn't he? It's well, not that much, Mark. Well, to be fair, I ain't putting a grand in, are you? Well. Uh, 
Well, I had a grand. It wouldn't be going on a bell ringing no. for 60 seconds. But for somebody who said that he was willing to take a big hammer up there and bong it myself... <laughs> well, I think sh- we should actually let him do that. But he should have to climb the scaffold outside. Well, we said this yeah, last we week, did, didn't yeah. we, like Donkey Kong. Also, I can never remember whether it's a dream or not. Also, Steve. he should be dressed as Charles Lawton in The Hunchback yes. of Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, of course. With his old sort of monk's cowl yeah, and the old... I mean, he's already got the hump, and he's, so he's, <laughs> so he's uh, and he should go up with, with Kate Hoey tucked under his little piggy arm, shout <laughs> over here like this, and, ring, and then go up and, and ring the bell. Mark Francois, by the way, did his his fantastic retreat from this uh, was he said, um, if we can't ring, the, if we can't get it, so we can ring the bell. Then he said, and I'm quoting here, the BBC must have a recording of Big Ben chiming that they could play at 11pm at no cost whatsoever to the taxpayer. Like I said last week, yes. Yes. And they they will be doing it at 6pm just before the 6 o'clock news on Radio 4. So everyone's problem is solved. Does does news at 10 still have bongs? Uh, I'm not sure. I I rarely get my news from there. I get my news from here. Does does ITV still do the news at 10? Yes, it does, because I accidentally came across it. Did you? Because BBC did. Didn't BBC do the news at 10 for a little while as well? Oh, they both do. ITV moved to 9 to try and get the audience. Right, while they were still awake. And they didn't go with them. But it's so no they moved longer it back to um, Trevor McDonald. News I, I was involved in a controversial incident when they moved it back to ten and got Trevor McDonald to come back and do it. Really? I can't tell you. You can't tell me. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you off air and it's then maybe tell you next week. Um, so sixty grand raised, um, but um, sixty grand raised, but not really much sight of of getting over the hump. And I think the House of Commons, a spokesman for the House of Commons, has said. If we're going to do this sort of thing, it really should go through Parliament and um, and uh, it shouldn't just be up to crowdfunding. So it looks a bit uh, it looks a bit unlikely that this is going to is, is going to go ahead. Yes, which I'm absolutely delighted about. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Um, something that I've written in the New European Print Edition this week. Uh, That's not to which, say that I don't love Big Ben, which has been slightly overlooked. I know your love for Big Ben. Um, is the Leave EU and their Ring for Brexit crusade. Mm. Um, Leave EU is obviously run by Aaron Banks. Nigel Farage no longer associated with it. They do a lot of falling out. Uh, they Brexit do, yeah. yeah. Um, Leave EU have launched this Ring for Brexit crusade. It, it, they want to urge churches around the land <sighs> to ring out bells on the morning of Saturdays, February the 1st, a victory peel. I tell you what, why don't you wait twenty four hours? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the one, that, but it's a victory peel like the one that marked the end of the Second World War. What? Um, what? What? And there's a long piece on their website. You can read the the whole thing, the whole unedited thing, um, on the on the New European in the New European. Uh, it does lays into uh, us Ramonas, uh, as you would predict. The sinister bit, which they have since edited out of the piece, uh, it says, card-carrying liberal Justin Welby, cosseted in gilded Lambeth Palace, he's the Archbishop of Canterbury, isn't he, for those who, uh, won't like this initiative one bit, and the church's hierarchy will do everything they can to snuff it out. I'd be careful. I'd be careful crossing the church's hierarchy, because you know the highest of the highest. Well, hang on a minute, because... (laughs) 
which is why we appeal directly to patriotic and principled churchgoers to put pressure... Oh. Oh. You're Sorry. putting pressure there. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I'm hearing. To put pressure on their local parish to join in this epic gesture of national unity. This is nonsense. Putting, putting pressure on your local parish. What this is, is nonsense. What is what you suppose? Nice little church you've got here. <laughs> it's a shame if something happened to it, wouldn't it? What are they going to do if people, church people, don't ring their bells on February the first? Oh, God. What's it going to be next? Who will rid us of these turbulent priests? Are we going to have a campaign like this? It's really quite depressing if they're adding the church to their sad little checklist. Of Nothing would show EU me. people, migrant people, Meghan Markle, various snowflakes, the BBC, the Metropolitan Elite, climate change people. You know. Climate change people. Well, they hate all of them. Leaving you hate all of these, these quiet back people. They hate them all, don't they? All climate change people. Anyway, I've got some good news. Yeah, what is good news? Well, have you ever heard of a magazine called Computer Active? I've seen it on the shelves of lots course, of times. Yeah. Of course. Well, for those of you who haven't, it's the UK's best-selling fortnightly computer magazine. It features regular news updates, project ideas, help and advice on popular reader queries. Every single issue is packed full of this sort of stuff. Articles cover a range of areas. Antivirus software, broadband, how to protect your data, obviously a a growing concern about that, consumer rights, lots, lot more. It offers you clear and concise advice to help you get the very best out of your computer. And it doesn't matter what phone or tablet you have, or what version of Windows Terrific. you're using. I'm on 2 at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, but, you're but, lucky. But it is 2.1. <laughs> you will find tips on all of them. And good news, listener. That's good. You may have seen this coming. We have got a smashing offer for you. You can try three issues of Computer Active in print and digital for just... £500,000, like one, Big Ben. One... Pound. One pound. One for pound. How many issues? Of that is a massive. It's a massive for three. It's so a good. massive saving because normally in the shop it's two you pound, will two pound fifty, isn't it? Two pound sixty. Two pound thirty. Two pound thirty. So there you go. There you so, go. You know, good deal anyway. But you can get it for a pound. Right. A pound for three issues. That is a saving, and I've done the maths. Yeah, go on. on my calculator now. Eleven pound eighty-seven. That's good. That's on the usual shop price for print and a digital bundle. Is there's more? Who does your the sound of your um, your okay. calculator? Is it Madame Gazelle? It's my mouth. Oh, okay, good. But also Madame Gazelle would do that, I imagine, and she will be delighted. Yeah. At the free gift that you also get. Oh, you get a gift as well. <laughs> a gift as well. Right. Okay. So you get three issues for a quid. Yeah. And you get a gift. Fifteen piece PC repair toolkit. Oh, good. Which would make me very happy. Excellent. I would be rubbish at repairing a PC, but I'd like to give it a go. Yes. And if you would too, this is the offer for you. It will be hand-delivered to your letterbox at no extra cost before it hits the streets, so you get the news first. Right. A bit like coming here for your news. You what sort t- of stuff is in it? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, because I've got this fortnight's edition. I don't think I've seen it in for front a while. Of me. Oh, okay. Here good. it is. The, the article that stuck out for me this week was something called Project Silica. Project Silica. So they do this thing every fortnight, what's all the fuss about? Right, Project okay. Silica. What is Project Silica? It's Microsoft's new, very sexy way of storing data, which means that it will not degrade for, count them, thousands of years. Thousands of years. I love stuff like this. Okay. I love stuff like this. 
it, it's basically laser burning multiple bits of data onto quartz glass. Onto quartz glass? I haven't got anything to store. But my God, I want one of these. That's amazing, isn't I'd it? I just end up like putting pictures of me. <laughs> isn't it incredible that we are burning huge amounts of data that you know contain millions and millions of bits into of information onto glass and down in the down below where we are recording this yeah. there is our the archive of the newspaper group yeah, yeah. who who uh, for reasons known only to themselves have allowed us to do this podcast <laughs> yeah. uh, and it contains we, we've got thousands of Images we need one of these. which are on glass glass yeah. plates yeah yeah you know in, old need... images of norfolk well, uh, it's a good suffer. job we've got computer active because we can tell the big bosses, the shadowy bosses. Yeah, get it all onto silica now. Get it onto silica now. So you can download. I'm doing everything on silica from now on. Good. You can download the latest issue if you take up this deal yeah. directly onto your digital device because these people are techies. They will probably want yes. a print product, but they want to take it with them as well. They can do that onto their onto their phones, tablets, whatever. Perfect for commuting. Perfect holiday reading. If you continue with this deal, you'll save more than £33 a year on your subscription with the print digital bundle rather than going and buying it in the shops. And you get the 15-piece And you get the 15-piece repair brass band, no. Yeah, 15-piece repair kit 15 as well. 15-piece repair kit. And, say you go off it, money-back guarantee. If it's not for you, cancel any time after your trial and you will be refunded for any unmailed issues. This, Steve, is the important bit. This is what you've got to do. Visit getcomputeractive.co.uk, T-N-E-B, T-N-E-B, getcomputeractive.co.uk forward slash T-N-E-B. You can claim your first three issues for a pound, free welcome gift, 15-piece PC repair kit. Steve, what are you going to do? You're going to go to getcomputeractive.co.uk forward slash T-N-E-B and you are going to claim those first three issues for just one Tremendous news. That was sold with conviction. I actually do really like this. So, you know, it, it is good. Well, I've been flicking it's, it's through it. It's the kind of thing, yeah. It is the kind of thing that, that I you like, isn't like. it? Yeah, yes. yeah. Because it's incredibly detailed. Yeah, there's lots of. It's, it, do you know what it's it, It's a bit like. Um, it's just like. A, you know, packed with information about stuff I didn't know enough about. That right. is the thing. Anyway, That's, enough. There's quite a lot of that enough. as well, isn't there? There so. is. <laughs> So yes. that's um, there it is. I'm learning. Hey, have you seen? I'm we were learning. talking about big I'm learning. We we're talking about big Ben not bonging. Yes. Have you seen the new plans for the estate and the changes at the parliamentary estate and stuff? No. Bit of a worry. What is it? Because there is, is it going to be under a biodome. Well, there's another bell, famous, probably the second most Mark famous Francois. bell. The, the second most famous bell, Third in my most opinion. Famous bell, yeah. In in Westminster is the division bell, which still rings. Oh yes. In the Red Lion. Yeah, it's it's going. Red line's not on this plan. Is it being? Oh, um, of course, we're at very early stages, and fingers crossed that there will still be a red lion on Whitehall because plenty of plotting has happened in there over the years. Shouldn't we just get rid of all of this? What pubs? Say, no, well, not no. pubs. Shouldn't, <laughs> we, shouldn't we just? Shouldn't we just open this up as a tourist attraction and build a Britain and build a well London? Yeah. Oh no, West. Shouldn't we just I think tourists are allowed to bring Westminster as a tourist attraction and move everything to Birmingham, or move everything to? I, I, you know. I, I wouldn't be hugely opposed to that. Having spent plenty of time, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I am a lobby member. I have a lobby pass. I can go in. 
very rarely do because it's like Hogwarts. It's a weird, clicky, strange place. Yeah, Much yeah, like yeah. the man who I think we're going to speak about next, perhaps. Well, he's trying to. Dominic Cummings. I'm not a massive fan of Westminster. He's trying to. He's trying to. Oh, that's good. Is that you? No. <laughs> it's Liz Truss. <laughs> Liz Truss is ringing me. I'll have to, well, she'll have to wait. <laughs> Liz Truss, I'll get back to you after the recording of this podcast. Dominic Cummings. Dominic Cummings. Uh, Dominic Cummings. A fantastic profile of Dominic Cummings in the Financial Times yes, mag. Yes, it really is mighty. FT mag by George Parker. Who's excellent. Who's really good. Uh, some great details in this. I suppose the news line is that Dominic Cummings, we talked about this before... Um, we, we, I think it was. I think it was put to us that Dominic Cummings wouldn't be long for Downing Street because after the election was won, he was going to go off and have a major operation. Well, that's certainly what I was told with great confidence. Hasn't happened. I think some people were hoping. Yeah, maybe they were hoping. It, it, it does say that he suffers from a mystery ailment that causes pain in his abdominal area. Often he has to stand in meetings grimacing with pain. He's going to have a long delayed, uh, this long delayed medical operation after January the 31st. And then he tells colleagues that after January the 31st, he's going to find out whether Boris Johnson has got a, a job for him or not. Now, clearly, Boris Johnson is going to have a, a job for him. Um, because we also learn in this uh, fantastic piece that, um, that um, in meetings in number 10, uh, Boris Johnson, people who've had meetings with them both in number 10 say there is absolutely no deference uh, between Dominic Cummings and, and Boris Johnson. It says Dominic Cummings sits there leaning back in his chair. They act as if they are equals. There's no doubt about that. And that's a quote from a senior government figure. So that's presumably a cabinet minister or something like that. Uh, we find out that uh, in the first meeting that he held after joining Boris Johnson's um, new government. Uh, he. This is great. Uh, he spoke, I would love to have been in this meeting. He spoke for ninety minutes, a ninety-minute diatribe. It included the phrase "Don't be shit." Uh, he basically I said, mean, "I think that's." I, I think th- that's fair. Yeah. I think that kind of should go without saying, but I don't know. I mean. uh, but it does say that uh, during his ninety-minute diet. I mean, it's so hard to speak for ninety minutes. Uh, uh, during a 90-minute diatribe, Cummings started waving his pen around so frantically that staff feared that he would deface the oil painting behind him. Um, more great detail in there. Uh, Dominic Cummings uh, once helped to set up an airline when he was in his time in Russia. Uh, he set up an airline flying yeah. from Samara on the Volga to Vienna, but it was spectacularly unsuccessful and he has told friends that it once took off for getting its only passenger. <laughs> uh, a lonely chap in the snow, sort of waving. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and uh, my favourite uh, line in all of this is that he's talking about Mary Wakefield, who's married to Dominic Cummings, and yeah. she uh, works for The Spectator. Yes. Deputy editor of The I Spectator. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is obviously a, a, a sort of right-wing Tory comment uh, magazine. Yeah. Uh, it says Wakefield's father owns Chillingham Castle in Northumberland, but friends say the couple who own a house in Islington do not enjoy a lavish lifestyle. Typically English, asset rich, cash poor, says yeah. one friend. Yeah, I, I'm typically. No, I'm not typically. Yeah, English. I'm typically English. I am asset poor and cash poor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you're. Typically northern. 
Didn't your, has, has your mum, your mum's got a castle, hasn't she? Oh yes, of course, yeah. but it's not mine yet, is it? And do you live in, do you live in a house in Islington? Two. Yeah. I did used to You're live in true. Islington, to be fair. Yeah, I know. But, but not anymore. But not anymore. No. So, uh, it's a great piece, it's well worth a read, it's on the, uh, it's FT It's fascinating, I d- I, what, I'm, what I was pleased about it was, uh, there's lots and lots of stuff out there saying... Dominic Cummings is a dreadful monster. Yes. I think that here on this podcast, we've been Spoiler, fairly... Spoiler, he is. We've been fairly robust on our thoughts on Dominic Cummings. But simply saying, he's awful, go away, isn't good enough. And this gets under the skin a little bit, and I think it is a, a really interesting, really interesting read. Yes, it is. I mean, there are people uh, on the Dominic Cummings side who say that he is very earnest about this uh, levelling up Thing that he's yeah. very passionate yeah. about yeah. Uh, putting money into the northeast, um, and that you know his his desire to reform the civil service is going to happen. I think uh, there is a great quote in it from David Laws, who obviously worked with Dominic Cummings when great minds when they were Laws, in yeah. coalition, mm. uh, where he says. Where he says Dominic Cummings is very, very good at defining himself against things like the North East Assembly, the EU, Nick Clegg, and David Cameron. Now he has to show that he has to deli- he can deliver something positive, and that is going to be very tricky, much, much trickier. I think always much trickier to do something positive than to slag something off. Which is why, in a minute, I'll be talking about all the Brexiteers <laughs> I dislike. Let's talk about Labour. Yeah, let's talk about Labour. So we've lost Clive Lewis. Yes. I mean, he's not dead. Oh, no, 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 he's certainly not dead. Thank he's God alive and well and um, roaming the streets he's, of Norwich He's, he's a very thin man, isn't he, Clive? He's a very fit-looking man. I don't know if that's natural or if he's a... He, he's he a lives on, soldier, isn't he? He is. He lives on a street where I used to live. Does he? He does, yeah. Does he? Um, he's, a, he's a nice chap, he's Clive. I thought I, you were going to say he lives on beans or something like that, or <laughs> he lives on... He lives on blood. <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> oh. The only thing I've ever seen him consume is, is beer. But that's not well, to say that a, he drinks beer a lot. It's just that I've gone out for beer with it. He likes doesn't he like a he likes a tie, doesn't he? I think I, I seem to remember seeing he him. He likes in, a square tie. What are they called? You know, they don't have pointy ends like mine. Yeah, they're square. Oh no, but I, I think I, I think trendy. I've seen him in. I'm trying to think. What well, you ha- think like Thai food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he. I've seen him in a Thai restaurant have a couple you? of times. Have yeah, you? Have I'm you? trying to think which one it was. Whether it was Thai Lana which is one that is in Norwich's Lanes area, or oh, whether right. it's the one that is by a pub called The Murderers uh, in Norwich, just round the corner from there. Mm. I think it's the one that's by The Murderers that I've seen him in, actually. I have been in The Murderers with him, so... Have you? Well, right. it's a short... It's a short stumble. Short stumble. Well, making it sound like Clive's got a drinking problem, mate. He certainly hasn't. I wouldn't no. say that at all. And he's not even got a Thai food problem as Very well. I've only seen him in the window a couple of times. Very sober man who eats well and healthy. Uh, yes, but he's gone from the leadership ranks. He has gone. I think he just couldn't... I, I, I think if I'm going to be super critical of his campaign, it was probably scuppered by the fact that I think he probably needs another three or four years of acting sensibly. Yes. Um, and I think he'll probably get that. I think he will probably get a, a decent shadow front bench job. Whoever gets it. Yeah, I think so. Because I think I think the left of the party likes him. Yeah. Um he probably upset them by being reasonably critical of Jeremy Corbyn. That's actually nothing new. No, he's of been fairly not. outspoken about Jeremy Corbyn's leadership on previous occasions during the election campaign. He wasn't exactly um, super supportive of it. So, um, 
So yeah, I think I think probably he was up against a difficult difficult competition. And now we've got what four women and Keir Starmer. Yes, we have. Which yeah. sounds like a, a four women and Keir Starmer. <laughs> Well, yeah. he was the he, Mr. Darcy. He was, he was the model for Mr. Darcy as well. And I've told you my story. Model for Mark Darcy, rather uh, than yeah, Mr. not Darcy. Mr. Darcy. Yeah. Yeah. He's not I've that old. T- yeah. I've told you a story about when I introduced him to a room of twelve lawyers, haven't I? No. And the swoonage. Swoonage. Well, that was just you. Ladies love Keir Starmer. LL 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 what would it be? LL Cool Kia. Cool Kia. LL, LL Cool Kia, cool yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mama said, knock you out. <sighs> Don't call it a comeback. Anyway. <laughs> what a song that is. Oh, it's a great song. It's one of my favourites by him. Yeah. I Can't Live Without My Radio. That was good. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of good stuff. He was in his early, in his pomp, he was tremendous. Went LL after cool the, Went after the pop dollar. When he did I Need Love, you went, oh, nah, dear. Nah, oh, mate. What, what are you thinking, thinking of? Let's yeah. save this for the old school rap podcast. Which we're going to do, Which yeah. we should do, probably Which we do. probably should do. Well, um, let's look at, so still, we've still got gonna Rebecca Long Bailey. Well, we're going to, let's look at the salvation poll of yes, Labour list members because this has caused a big stir because has. early January, YouGov came out with, yeah. a, with a poll of yeah. quite a few Labour members. Yeah. How it, many? It well, showed, how many was that one? Do you remember? Uh, I thought that was six more than I thought that was six thousand, and this, this one was is about three thousand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I might be I might be wrong. Anyway, um, that showed Keir Starmer quite convincingly Way in the lead ahead. over Rebecca Long Bailey um, in a uh, in a five horse race. He was on sixty three percent. She was on twenty three percent, and in a runoff, he was going to win that sixty one to thirty nine. This new poll from Servation, which is of members of Labour list, so you have to be a member who goes on the Labour list website, and then they've extrapolated this to say how's this representative of the membership at large. That has Rebecca Long Bailey on forty two percent, Keir Starmer thirty seven percent, Jess Phillips back on nine. Nandy on seven and Emily Thornberry on one percent, mm, and the mm. runoff says that Rebecca Long Bailey would win fifty-one percent to forty-nine percent. Yeah, I know. So I think Kia did pick up more of the second preference votes. Yes, but not enough. Yes, to overturn uh, that five percent. And it is pretty. That is pretty worrying for those of us who think that Rebecca Long Bailey, for all the reasons we've talked about before, would be. Um, would be very bad. Um, well, this is all. This is a marathon. We've got a long way to go. When does this? When does the April? Vote? It's April the fourth. Yeah, no, but when does the voting start? I mean, well, there's I a period know. of some weeks. I think. I don't know. I mean, at the moment, you can still become a registered. Although I don't. I think today is the last day, isn't it? We're is recording it? this on the Thursday. Well, I this think. is a scrap now, isn't it? My goodness. Well, it is. Yeah, that could go either way. It is. Shall we talk about what Lisa Nandy had to say? Yes, please. That's the, it's all I've been waiting for. And then I've got to make a public apology. Yes, you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll do Lisa Nandy first. Um, well, Lisa Nandy basically uh, set her stall out on Brexit. She was on Andrew Neil. Uh, she did well, I think. Um, I don't agree with very much Lisa Nandy's got to say on I Brexit. I quite like her, but, but um, yeah. I can see but she defended her case uh, pretty well. She said that um, uh, Jeremy Corbyn fell into a trap of allowing Brexit to be 
framed as a two-choice culture war, a binary culture war. He's caught in a trap of a binary culture war. She said, which is absolutely right, that Labour has 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 totally failed to define uh, and defend free movement and what the benefits of free movement are. And she said, we should have been bold enough to do that and defend it and the opportunities and the benefits that it brings... <clears throat> Um, and she, uh, but she controversially, she said that Labour should have set its stall behind the softest of Brexits um, immediately, a soft departure based on close trade deals, and essentially Norway, mm. basically. So mm. she's, you know, she's been backed by Stephen Kinnock, and she's essentially putting the point of view that people like her and Stephen Kinnock have subscribed to for a while. But it ain't gonna happen. Well, it ain't gonna happen. And the flaws of it are that leaving leaving other bits of the EU are going to cause catastrophic damage, uh, and it's not just about you know Norway is have got a bad deal. All right. Well, we're, I think we're about the end of the news now, Steve. I think that's it. Yeah. But before then, you I'll, need to apologise. Well, it's not just me. I think both of us. But I'll I'll apologise on your behalf as well. Please do. Yeah. Because last last week there's been a backlash. Last week there's we, been an outrage. We well live on air we discovered yes Ursula Le Guin. We did. Um, and we don't even a, know whether that's how you pronounce no, it. No idea. Never heard of it. The, the the point is that on Twitter and well, it was a bit more lighthearted on Twitter, but there was some there was some more angry backlash on on email, um, saying that she was one of the best um, science fiction writers of all time. There was would yeah. have been you know an American, but definitely a Remainer, etc. etc. Listen, what. I meant nothing personal against Ursula Le Guin. Kane Le Guin. Um, whatever. Uh, I'm sure her books are great. Doubt they're for me. Yeah. But, you know, maybe don't take things as personal as that. You know, I'm yeah. sure that there's things you, I love that you've never heard of. Chill, you know. Um, I, I, one correspondent, though, who, was, um, who did demand an apology, um, did say that uh, you know, commented on her love for Ursula Le Guin or whatever, and um, said she she's still writing and still brilliant. The bad news is, I'm afraid Ursula died two years ago. Yes. Uh, so maybe you should have a correction as well. But quite a lot of people got in to point out, contacted us to point out that you know she did write about. I mean, not, she's an influence on people. Like, well, I don't, I've not really read anything by David Mitchell apart from the. David Mitchell, who writes in The Observer, who's married to Victoria Corrin. Um, but she's a big influence on people like David Mitchell, Ian, the, 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 the science fiction books that Ian Banks wrote. Yeah. Under, was it Ian M. Banks? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. The different And people like that. And she was, you know, there's an element of magic realism. But people also said that she had sort of, you know, the, in, in one of the series of books, I think, Somebody said that you know she wrote about dark-skinned people. They were the the, the heroes, and there was. I think there's quite a positive feminist message. Yes, exactly, and there was. We're sort supportive of, of all these things. Yes. we just hadn't come across them. Exactly. So don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. Brexit of the week next. Brexiteer of the week. Welcome back, Steve. It is time for Brexiteer of the week. Brexiteer of the week. That was nice. That's yeah, my new. We, we actually do have a jingle, so you don't actually have to do a jingle. We've got one. Oh, OK. Clearly you don't listen to your work. Shall we start with Ted Verity? 
the, the Mail on Sunday editor. The Mail on Sunday editor. Paul Dacre's old deputy editor, wasn't he? Yeah. He was deemed too Brexity to be the um, Daily too Mail's editor. Too offensive for the Mail. <laughs> You know you're offensive when you're too offensive for them. Yeah, we've gone like for, we, they didn't go like for like. They got your mate Geordie Gregg in instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who is less Brexity and Ted Verity took over at the Mail on Sunday. Instantly got rid of Rachel Johnson, Boris's sister, didn't he? He did. Who was deemed to be too much of a Ramona snowflake. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And had to come and work for us instead. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he has rebranded February the first. Uh, and I presume there was going to be a lot of this in the last week's edition, and then Harry and Meghan happened, so it got cut out. But he's rebranded February the 1st. Do you know what the Mail on Sunday are called in February the 1st? Uh, February. It's Liberation Day. <laughs> Liberation Day. And yeah. so he commissioned a piece, How Our Lives Will Change on Liberation Day. Liberation. And I'm not sure he read it before it went in. I, I, because it said... The Liberace Day. Abul Taha... And uh, Martin Beckford, oh, sure got he two, it took two of them to write this, uh, and it said things like, British Airlines will lose access to European airspace, which means they won't be able to operate flights from one city to another within the EU. Liberation. Uh, there, will be, there could be queues at both Dover and Calais. Liberation. <laughs> Food prices may go up. Liberation. UK travellers to the EU may lose their EHIC benefits and will be urged to take out private health insurance before travel. And we could face higher roaming charges as the UK will be, might be considered to be in the rest of the world zone. I'm not sure I want to be liberated. The sweet taste of liberation. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? Talking of liberation, <laughs> yeah. this bloke is he's my, Ron Warwick from St Albans is, is my favourite this week. He's not the Brexiteer of the week, but he's my favourite. Nothing annoys Brexiteers more, does it, than when you say, "Well, I think that's not, you know, that thing that you're saying about the EU is not actually true, is it?" And you didn't really understand what you were voting for. It really annoys them. Ron Warwick from St Albans wrote to the Daily Express, and. This is, the, this is his letter. Now the UK is close to leaving the EU, together with all the petty restrictions placed by them against us, I have just one New Year wish. <laughs> Simply that UK residents will again be allowed to eat beef dripping. Two slices of beef dripping on toast on a winter's day. Delicious. And the next day, they even printed a follow-up letter saying that these EU bastards, they took away our beef dripping. I'm looking forward to having it on toast with celery. <laughs> beef dripping and celery on toast is even better. Do you like beef dripping? Well, no. Have you ever had beef dripping? Well, I think I've probably had it once oh. or twice. You oh, know. But there you go. Dripping. Anyway, of course, beef dripping is not banned in the UK. <laughs> it's not been banned by the EU. It's not, been, it's not banned, Rod. It's just not banned. What's he thinking? What has happened is but basically you can't get beef dripping a lot anymore because fish and chip shops that used to use beef dripping. Yeah. They basically but you could do your own beef, beef dripping. You can right? make your own beef dripping. Yeah. You can make it by getting some beef, beef. Yeah. and then Even roasting it. And then beef exactly, you yeah. can do it at home. It's fine, Rob. But people started using trans fats, didn't yeah. they? All manner of cheaper things, oils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think probably better for you. And as it's well, better for it? exactly. It's better Not that for any you. Fat is that good for um, you? And poor old Ron has been denying himself oh his favourite snack. 
I almost feel that we should take some for years brief and dripping years. round, a big block of dripping round. Naturally, the fact that this letter is based on utter fantasy yeah. and it's nothing to do with the EU did not stop the Daily Express from printing it, of course. That's um, madness. Madeline Grant. Yes. Now, I might write more about this next week in the New European because I've got a huge response to this already from from readers. Brilliant. Madeline Grant is the assistant comment editor of the Daily Telegraph, and she has written that we shouldn't be worried about losing Erasmus+, which is the European Student Exchange Scheme, uh, because the true purpose of Erasmus+, and I'm quoting from Madeline Grant's article, was to breed a generation of compliant Europhiles. So basically what she is saying is that it wasn't anything to do with studying, going abroad, learning about other countries. It was simply a, 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 a ruse. So our students would go over to France, have sex with a young mademoiselle, mm. uh, and then they would breed a European baby. Right. Now, right. that strikes me <laughs> as... You know, if we changed it slightly, it would be incredibly offensive. Yeah. Uh, and it is incredibly offensive. She it, said it that is. Erasmus himself yeah. uh, would be appalled by the lack of rigour and the less than scholarly aims of the Erasmus Plus scheme. That is amazing insight is. into the mind. It's incredible how she's got into the, the mind of a <laughs> 16th century philosopher and humanist. Uh, especially when she's she's offering scant evidence, uh, and uh, she well, said not not scant not scanty it? evidence. <laughs> she said no uh, evidence. She wrote those travelling to the perpetually striking French universities. Spoiler: they're not always on strike. Shut up! That's just nonsense. Uh, those travelling to perpetually striking French universities often enjoy something nearer to a subsidised holiday or a booze up than a serious course of study. Now. I'm saying that that is based on zero evidence whatsoever. And I I offer you the words of one British woman who went to France and studied on the Erasmus scheme. She says the scheme was a great example of how educational exchange can enhance students' understanding of other European countries. And she is not a Ramona, she is Suella Braverman, who is an arch-Brexiteer and was until recently a cabinet minister. I uh, think, oh, sorry, a junior minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A not not many, uh, uh, many as hardline as her, frankly. So, exactly. I've got so, to say that everyone I've ever spoken to about Erasmus has said nothing but great positive things about it. Uh, it's had, as I say, this, this has had a tremendous reaction already on social media, and I'll, I think I'll be writing more about it. And once again, I'm astonished that... Such a, you know, it's all right to have opinions, isn't it, about something, and to say I don't like this. To to to, you know, present this as some kind of fact based on nothing whatsoever is is remarkable. Uh, the Brexiteer of the week, however, is oh. is that Goldsmith? Oh, really? Because during his failed 2016 campaign to become the Mayor of London, uh, Zach Goldsmith wrote in City AM, which if you don't know is a sort of business newspaper that's given away free in London, isn't it? Very good, yeah, yeah. City AM, and he said, it is a belief in democratic accountability that informs my view of the European Union. The most important characteristic of any democracy is that it should be possible for voters to evict those who act in their name. 
The EU fails on that test, uh, and real power in Brussels rests in institutions that are accountable to no one. Now, on the evening of December the 12th, the voters of Richmond Park evicted Zach Goldsmith from his job as MP. Again. Uh, again. They the also evicted time. him from his job as an environmental and development minister. They did. And what happened this week? On Monday, <coughs> he, he returned to Parliament... Mm. He's now Lord Goldsmith of Richmond Park, the yeah. name of the constituency that evicted him yeah, in quite, the first place. Quite. He gets his ministerial role. Uh, he doesn't. He's, he's deferring his salary, mm. which is honourable. He still gets three hundred and five quid a day attendance allowance, mm, similar to uh, mine for the pub. And to be fair, he's deferring his salary because he's got a trust fund that pays him one point five million quid a year, oh. as well as having about three three hundred million quid worth of assets. Oh. Um, asset rich and cash rich. He's asset rich. He's not very he's English. cash rich. He's the Brexiteer <laughs> of the week. But how does any of this square with Zach Goldsmith's belief in de- democratic accountability? It's almost like these people say one thing and they do another. He's a hypocrite do, and he's the Brexiteer of the week. Do as we say, Steve, not as we do. Yes. What should the listener do right now? Well, if you've been evicted from Parliament, I would suggest that you just try and get a cushy job in the Lords and maybe keep your, just keep your role, like Nicky Morgan. You know, there's another one. Anyway, but she got evicted under her own steam, didn't she? Uh, anyway. I'm, and what, what if they just... I'm raging about Zach Goldsmith. I can tell. If you're not Zach Goldsmith, what you should do is go to Facebook, yeah. join the New European Facebook Readers Group. Do that. Uh, just like the New European like, on Facebook, like, not like just like. Of course, it, wonder, you should subscribe like to the print edition of the New European. That is very Go important. to the NewEuropean.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Do that right now. Yeah, uh, you can follow the New European on Twitter at yes. the New European. You can follow me on Twitter at Sanglesey S A N G L E S E Y. Or you can follow me at Porridge P O Double R I Double T. Leave us lots of reviews. It's very important. And yes. You will be a part of a internationally renowned, nominated for an international podcast award. Ooh. We are. You will be part of that success story. In fact, you are the biggest part already. You are. But now leave us a review. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. was the new european podcast thank you so much for listening it means the world to us if you haven't already go out and get the printed product it is three pound it is in all good news agents right now we will be back next week until then mr campbell pick up and indeed play your bagpipes here you It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.